we're back. Yay! <laughs> it's uh, episode eight. Yeah. Excluding the mailbag, of course. Yeah. Which I feel like I say every time. Maybe I've never said it, but I don't know. I feel like I have to point out every time that this is actually nine because it makes me feel like there's more. Yeah. Even that's though right. it's number eight. A lot more. It's a lot more. That's a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After, After the, the Likeness. likeness. not gonna lie i almost forgot what it was called for yeah. a second <laughs> all right that was the hardest part it's all down yeah, from here figured it out yep well it's been fun guys we'll see you next yep. week <laughs> no uh what, what's been going on with your life i know oh. you were gone for a little bit tell me all about it i was i was um i was gone this last weekend uh i was attempting to go to my grandmother's funeral in a- Canada. Attempting. Attempting, yes. Oh. Um, which, unfortunately, I there are a lot of COVID restrictions between Canada and the U.S. and stuff um. like that. And unfortunately, due to some Walgreens the computer interference, whatever, um, I didn't end up making it uh, there to the funeral before the funeral happened. Well, so that's awful. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of sad, um, but... But you know the I mean the important thing with with any funeral is um, is is of course the person who's passed away and and uh, so we, I was able to connect via Zoom which has been a blessing for a lot of people in this last year and and actually you know um, I don't know I was very surprised uh, she passed away my grandma's name was Esther she was awesome Esther yes it's like yes. classic old name that's it's awesome very true and I think it's coming around again you know yeah. like all the names they have cycles yeah they do um, and uh, but so she uh, she was she was amazing she was uh, exactly 50 years older than me mm. and uh, she um, uh, she she basically uh, uh, well, she passed away a couple of months ago, oh. and so the funeral had been put back because of COVID. Man, but, um, but I was so I was surprised at how uh, moving the funeral was for me, even though I yeah. couldn't be there in person. Man, and like, um, and and you know, like how important it is. She's the she was the last of that sort of generation for me of mm-hmm. my grandparents that to die and most of them died before I knew them. Oh, um, and so she really sort of represents that whole generation for me. Mm-hmm. and so like it's been an interesting thing i've been like oh my goodness this is the first person really that's been really close to me to pass away and so um just feeling that that loss and like how important it is to you know connect with family and and uh, and be with each other through it it's for sure it's a it's a powerful thing. I mean, it's a sad Definitely. thing, but it's a powerful thing. So. Well, sorry for your loss. That's oh, awful. Well, thank you. Thank you. But yeah. I, I remember my, my grandmother died. Uh, it's been two, three years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was right before Ivy was born, which yeah. was a bummer. But when that happened, I had the same kind of feeling. It's mm-hmm. like the whole generation is yeah. gone. And like now your parents are the grandparents That's and you're right. the parents and your kids are the kids. And it's just kind of a weird thing yeah. to come to terms with. It really is. And So I guess I'll get to this in a minute, but we were at the beach this past weekend mm-hmm. with all of my family. Yeah. And I stood out there in the water with my dad and I was like, it's so weird that like the memories I have with my dad at the beach, mm-hmm. like I'm his age now and in, in doing what he was doing, basically. It's, yeah. It's like this weird thing about getting older that's it, yeah. it kind of blows your mind for a minute. <laughs> it's crazy. It really is. I'm like, look at yeah. my siblings. And I'm like, those are like how my aunts and uncles were to me. It's so, yeah. It's so weird, man. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. It's it's strange. It really it's is. Strange. Getting old is just kind of jacked up. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> it messes with your head. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Yeah. That's so for sure. <laughs> so where, how far did you get? Um. Not very far at all, basically. Like, um, before by the time I was in Houston at the airport, I yeah. knew that I was not going to make. It. Oh, so yeah, wait, wait, wait. So you had to go to Houston again? <laughs> yeah, I know, no! I know. See, this just returns to a recurring theme in this podcast, which is like never, never ever go to Houston. It was terrible. And now, you know, my car has a leaky tire and I blame Houston for that as well. <laughs> it's obviously so, their fault. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's really, truly the moral. Of the story. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> so did you just get there and turn around? Did you stay somewhere in Houston? Yeah, pretty you... much. Yeah. Oh. I stayed over in Houston yeah. and like tried to 
make it all work, but it did not. And so, man, what a bummer. Yeah. Well, really, really sad. Anyways, uh, I think this is time to wrap up after all that gloominess. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, um, as far as my week, uh, unless you have more to say, no, is there no, more to yeah. that? Okay. Uh, I, uh, like I said, we were at the beach this past weekend, yeah. Thursday to Sunday. Where were you? Porter Ran- well, right outside Porter Ranch. Cool. Corpus. Between Corpus and Port, I think it's still technically Corpus right there. I don't know how the geography works. Me either. You cross the bridge, yeah, and then you're on the beach area. That's right. I don't yeah. know, the but you don't keep driving part. to get to Port Aransas. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's not from here, they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, this is the confusing sort of geography of Texas. It's like you never really know where. You're no. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. It was fun. We had all my family except my poor sister. And her husband and their 16, 17, whatever number they're at, kids. Yeah. Um, they wow. all tested positive for COVID right before oh, no. we were all leaving. Yeah. yeah. She, it, was, it was like three days before. And she's like, the kids are kind of sick. And we're like, well, maybe she get tested just in case. Probably not. You know, yeah. But but just in case. Why not? Yeah. My mom's real immunocompromised. So we were like, Good, yeah. you know, we can't have COVID around my mom. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, or really any of us didn't really want it. So Yeah, obviously. Well, y'all but already went through that. We did, we yeah. did, yeah. So that was fun Ooh. while it lasted. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they tested positive right before, which is a huge bummer. And, oh. and uh, Ivy, my daughter, she, she you know didn't get to hang out with all the cousins. But, yeah. you know, it kind of worked out because the house we ended up getting one big house to stay in or condo or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, um, and with them there, it actually would have been really tight because mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked way bigger in the pictures. Oh, right on. I mean, so, we would have had a blast anyway. Kind but, of blessed you know. in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> but but thank God they didn't come is what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. Here. And that, a shout out to Adam, who's who uh, who sends us great questions. Yes. Uh, that's him. And he actually, I think, is dealing with it now. So oh, no. well, keep man, him in your prayers because that. that's... Uh, yeah. It sounds like it's pretty brutal right now for him. Oh, I'm sorry. Adam. Yeah. yeah. You're listening. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's going around like crazy right now, though, huh? Feels like we're out of the woods, and all of a sudden it's like I know. you know, like five people who have it. It's weird, man. Super disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It's and it's just crazy. Like God willing, you know, the surge. Will, I mean, we've gotten past all the previous surges, so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get past this one as well. Yeah. Um, and but, it seems yeah. to be hitting the unvaccinated more than the vaccinated which is a good Very sign so. so it's yeah like, <laughs> that's true that's true at least yeah. you know if we can keep these vaccines happening and all yeah absolutely hopefully and, we'll catch and up to it <laughs> that's right that's right and and it definitely provides a protecting effect for like really serious mm-hmm. disease but you know still people can get it and yeah people can spread it and like yeah and so yeah yeah but yeah but uh, yeah, Ivy had a good time, you know, playing in the sand. She's a big fan of sand castles. So oh, big time. She built the heck out of some of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'd like to take this time also to, uh, oh, two things actually. Number one, I'd like to mention that Father Eric is wearing different clothes today. And it's, it's I, true. He, he tried to explain to me before, but I kind of didn't listen on purpose so that oh, he could explain it again to me now. That's why you weren't so, listening. So please tell me, because <laughs> you look... Like this is probably what the chefs wear at Hogwarts. That's, oh yeah, absolutely. that'd be my good chefs and the professors and, <laughs> and the students. <laughs> really, everybody wears. So it. what Matt's referring chef-y. to uh, for those of you who aren't watching right now, um, watching. Just kidding. We do not have. An, don't look on YouTube. We don't. We don't. It's this just. It's just a podcast for now. Uh, for now, <laughs> uh, I am today. I'm wearing my cassock, uh, which is a cassock is sort of the really. It's just sort of the traditional street clothes for a priest it's basically a long black robe um and so like uh, uh it's also what priests usually would wear under the clothes they wear at church all the vestments as we call it like the stuff mm. you put on top of it now in modern times like you don't usually see priests wearing cassocks you'll often see them wearing all black um, but just sort of all black, like the version of whatever everything else wears, pants and a shirt and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. with a little collar. Um, but uh, but for certain things, you still wear the cassock um, underneath stuff. And I was doing some prayers this morning that I was wearing my cassock for. And so I took off the little, the white garment, the surplice, which oh. represents our baptism, which is why you wear ah, that in like okay. prayers and stuff like that. And then I was like, you know what? It's a little chilly in here and I'm just going to keep my He's cassock on. on yeah. Yep. And uh, so I'm always threatening, I don't know who I'm threatening, but I'm always threatening <laughs> that like, 
one day I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start wearing my cassock every day. Like that's every it. day and you know, everywhere. Like, traditionally, again, like you, you go wear swimming, it. you just can dive in. <clears> exactly. Like that. <laughs> yep, that's right. You wear the trunks under the yeah. cassock. We also or over did cover uh, before recording that the cassock does not come from Kazakhstan. No, it doesn't. Not anymore. It was a little yeah. <laughs> Because of COVID, <laughs> borders are closed with Kazakhstan. They got out of the Kazakh making right. in Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I thought I might bring it up since we're covering a topic today. That's true. Instead of a story. Yeah. This kind of fits in, I guess, a little bit in, yeah, in the whole sure. rituals or, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Rituals and practices. practices. I think maybe yeah. this is sort of like our first podcast on a practice instead of like a story from scripture or something yeah we kind of aside from the mailbag which was also an episode we have nine episodes (laughs) just to make it just to we uh we kind of casually brought up uh fasting yeah after our our thing last week last Mm -hmm. time i guess and uh we're like, hey, why don't we talk about that? And I, I'm pretty excited about it. I think covering yeah. the practice is going to be pretty cool instead yeah. of the usual. Hey, we don't have any questions this week either, do we? I don't think so. So, <laughs> so let's just keep talking. We just get to chat about fasting. Yeah. And yeah. So Thanks, we'll cover people. this. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll cover this practice today. And then, um, yeah, please do uh, email us in, though, if you have any questions, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if there are any other practices, we'd like to sprinkle some of these in here as well. Yeah, other episodes cool. on practices. So like prayer and all, all that stuff. So if you mm-hmm. have any uh, uh, questions on practices of the Christian faith, do send us an email. We'll make a future episode about that, too. Nice. But why don't we... You know, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. wait. Before well, we get into this practice, Yeah. I just thought of this for some reason. Sure. You know, like in the movies when they take like the, the cat of nine, nine tails? Cat of nine tails, yeah. Nine lives? Cat of mm-hmm. nine, cat tails. nine tails? I didn't feel like they should go together like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> and they whip themselves and stuff. Is that a thing that actually happens in oh. any religion? So, yeah. So, I mean, yes and no. Okay. So, like... There's something called, um, in the Christian tradition or the Western tradition, it'd be called mortification of the flesh. And so uh, (laughs) there's a number of different sort of things people did and still do um, that are basically, it's, it's ways of... It's essentially doing things that are annoying to yourself on purpose. Oh man! Yeah, like those uh, those things you see in the movies of the Middle Ages or something like that, like in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like, yeah. there's a whole scene where like there's like these monks walking and they just keep smacking themselves oh, in yeah, the yeah, head yeah. or whatever uh, <laughs> as they're chanting. Those are a little bit exaggerated. And like a cat o' nine tails, yeah. that would actually like in the Middle Ages, that would be a punishment okay. that, for like. A criminals so oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and jesus for instance was whipped and he was scourged which was sort of a version of that and Ooh. um that that had like uh things that went into your skin oh my and, gosh like, sort of rip parts of Italy. you can oh, yeah uh, get a really good image of that if you ever want to watch uh, the passion of the christ yeah i saw that uh, pretty graphic came out in the theater and yeah that's the only time i ever watched it i was like oh, that's enough for me yeah it's like okay <laughs> i got the idea and i'm I good <laughs> have that in yeah. my mind now forever yeah i feel like someday yeah. i should watch it again but i ugh. for sure <laughs> for brutal. sure yeah and that that's pretty accurate to how the romans treated uh, people who were being crucified including jesus hmm. um and so uh but that said, that was not something people generally did them did to themselves for spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Now there were some uh, even in the early, the very early days of the church, there were some very uh, extreme ascetics. There was like this whole movement where people would like live on a pillar, like a stone oh. pillar, or up high on a rock, and they would just like be naked and they would live there and they would stay on the pillar. Wow basically into for the rest of their lives that was their whole that thing that person being a loony bin today yes well you... if they could get them up on the pillar <laughs> just throw rocks at them that's right them. exactly <laughs> come and get me you can't get up this pillar <clears throat> um and stuff like that and people who would like uh be be doing things that we now consider or even at the time people were like that's a little too extreme like spiritual asceticism and certainly fasting and some other practices mortification of the flesh Mm -hmm. um fall into ascetical practices so self-denying practices Mm. those can be good in moderation but you don't want to destroy yourself right like because there were other 
um, uh, forms of spiritual practice, non-Christian ones in the ancient world and through to today, where you would take that asceticism to the extreme. Mm. So like Gnosticism was one example of that. And that made sense for them to take it to the utter extreme because Gnostics believed that the body was evil and matter was evil and mm. like spirit was good. And so they wanted to literally deform and like they didn't believe like in any uh, ple- having any sort of pleasure whatsoever, be it from food or sex or like comfort. And mm. like so like when they took their philosophy basically to the extreme, it was very self-negating as far as mm. the body went. Uh, Christians, well, on the they, other hand, they also annoyed me pretty bad by making a silent G. Yeah, on their oh yeah, what, I know Gnostics, yeah, Gnostic. Gnats, like yeah, all why? these things. Annoying. Come on, yeah, they're both annoying. Just say the G or get rid of it. <laughs> Are there any Seems other like G in a... words? Besides good night, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there are. Good day, mate. Good day. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Anyway, so Christians. Yeah, <laughs> so Christians on the other hand, like, didn't usually approve of that kind of extreme asceticism, even though it sometimes existed or people practiced it, mm-hmm. because we uh, saw creation when God created the world. He said it is good. Yeah. Right, the world is good. There's sin. It's fallen. We all have like uh, disordered desires and passions and all that kind of stuff. But we believe that not only was it good in the beginning, but God came not to destroy the world and replace it with nothing, or, you know, or like a pure spirit or whatever. But God wants to redeem the world and bring matter and spirit together in harmony. Ah. Um, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. So like it's more, you know... Um, and, and again, so you'll find ascetic practices in every, pretty much every religion or philosophy, mm-hmm. practice, culture around the world. Um, usually in a moderate sense, um, they're used to learn to control your passions mm-hmm. and direct them towards some end. So it's like like fasting, like we'll talk yeah, about say today. Like, is this kind of a, a segue into what Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I'll come back to more. Yeah. Food, but like, so, so fasting yeah. like you find today... Uh, or fasting uh, uh, would be a way to moderate your hunger, mm-hmm. not because eating is bad or pleasure in food is bad or something like that, but because you want to be able to direct it to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Christian life, that is directed towards God. Mm-hmm. So you don't want like Paul, St. Paul in his letters a few to, in a few places talks about like people who their God is their bellies, you know, like guilty. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, think about being hangry, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, Oh, you don't have mm-hmm. your food and like your body throws a little fit and it's like all of a sudden taking, taking it out on everyone else. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. the idea is you do something that you don't like, mm-hmm. like fasting or, or whatever it is in order to build up that sort of like your willpower so mm-hmm. that your your standard sort of natural reactions to things mm-hmm. when something happens that you don't like that you don't have control over mm-hmm. you don't freak out and like take it out on someone essentially either yourself or someone else makes sense so so yeah so anyway so to get back to your like whipping thing <laughs> yeah like there are different things um people have used like hair shirts were like a very common thing like monks would use. Oh, no. And so like they'd make a <laughs> shirt out of like horse hair, which is really e- itchy. Oh, no. And they'd just wear it. Oh. Like they'd sleep in it or whatever. That's and awful. it's just like, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's not it's not like it's going to kill you yeah. or it's not bad for you. It's like, it's not like you're whipping yourself with a cat of nine tail. Yeah. But it's just like annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, like you're doing that on purpose. You're taking that on yourself in order to like raise your capacity to like not get annoyed by stuff because being annoyed by stuff can uh, distract <laughs> you from prayer True. can distract you from loving people it's like so you can imagine like you meet a monk in mm-hmm. the desert and he's someone who fasts all the time and he wears a hair shirt mm-hmm. and he sleeps on the floor even though he does have a cot or whatever it's like you can be kind of an annoying jerk Mm-hmm. And he's going to love you anyway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, True. he's like, I prepared for this. Like, <laughs> it's like, fine. Like you, you say your thing. He, that's going to be someone who's more patient, yeah. more able to be more kind um, because, because he's put himself through the ringer mm-hmm. so that, um, so that when he is out in the world, he can, he can more thoroughly express the love of the love of Christ basically.
Well, hear me out. Yeah. I have a business venture based on this idea. Sure. <laughs> oh, excellent. I think there's some money to be made well, here. Let's sell asceticism. On, on these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We start a business that sells items that help these folks do these things. Yeah. Okay. So like we can, we can have like, uh, I don't know, a white noise app, except it's like nails on a chalkboard <laughs> or something like, like that. It's like really relaxing, but just makes yeah, an odd just, noise. Something just to tick yeah. you off here and there. At that point, I think we're or getting like, sort of to like, we can psychologically breaking down someone's <laughs> personality, like MK Ultra, <laughs> like levels of. What about we could sell the hair shirts? We could almost sell like, sort of torque <laughs> shoes that have like sticker burrs built inside. Oh them. yeah, a little See? sticker. Oh man, that would that would be good. I can come up with these ideas all yeah, day. All day. I think we yep. got something here. Yep. I actually, I'm coming around to this. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, when we aren't making millions on the podcast, that's our mm-hmm. next thing. Mm-hmm. Or both. Yep. We can advertise we ourselves. We can call it thorn in our side. Thorn oh, in your side. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is brilliant. Yep. All right. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Don't you dare take our idea. Yeah. yeah. Look for us on Amazon. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about fasting then. Yeah. First question about fasting. Sure. Why is it called fasting? Because there's nothing really fast about it. It's just like... Yeah. Slow process that makes you unhappy. That's right. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm coming at fasting, by the way, from a place of entire ignorance. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. But actually, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea what the etymology of the word fasting is. That is weird. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> Usually that's the first thing I look up. I'm like, I need to find a dictionary. Yeah, it's like the, the classic yep. high school speech you write. Webster describes Webster fasting. Webster describes <laughs> fasting as, I have no idea. Now I need, now obviously we need to know this. Well, this look, while like, you're, while you're Googling on your phone, I will, I mean, I mean, while he's reaching into the depths of his brain. Yeah. Yeah. His, his priest power. Coming up with this idea, I I need to obviously get into something important, which is if you're still holding on to what we've been talking about so far, Mm -hmm. and you've made it this far, you'll notice that our audio quality (coughs) is a lot better than it was last time. And I apologize for that. Mm. I apparently had uh, my microphone backwards the whole time we were recording and it was just garbage and i don't know how i did that i think i was just in a in a haze (laughs) and then when i was editing the podcast to put it together i think i messed up something on your side when i was trying to fix mine i was just like screw it i'm just posting it (laughs) just the sort of this is just the sort of amateur antics you get exactly you listen to a podcast of this hopefully what you're hearing right now sounds a whole lot better yeah (laughs) all right what'd you find there I mean, in, so, your, in your brain, what did you find? Yeah, I like, reached into the recesses of my brain, <laughs> slash Google, and this is, is very interesting. So, the origin of the word fast in English comes from Old English, mm-hmm. and it comes from fast, which means um, firmly fixed, constant, secure, enclosed, watertight, strong, fortified, mm, sort see. of like, like the how we fast. say, like, hold yeah, fast. Exactly. Okay. That's like the original gotcha. meaning there. So, like... Fasting, um, to fasten, um, fasten. meant to oh. make strong. Yeah. Fasten. I never even put that together. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Crazy. My mind. It's all there. Uh, uh, came to mean a voluntary absence of food or drink, especially as a religious duty, referred to that sort of practice, mm-hmm. because it was seen as like making you stronger. Ah. So like... You're fastening. Yeah, exactly. Fastening yourself to, to your... Now we've said it too many times and it's starting to sound like the wrong word. Yeah, that's right. Fasten. Fasten. Fastening. Fascinating. Fastening. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's where that... Fasters. Yeah. That's where it comes to. Which that's kind of interesting, that actually. Is. Yeah. Yeah, making you stronger. Do we end there? Or is mm-hmm. <laughs> just going to keep trying to end this we one. Made it. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to learn why I should not eat. Because, you know, I love eating more well, than Well, that's one of that actually things. brings up something, too, about <laughs> fasting. Which is, like, fasting for, uh, generally speaking, or I guess you could say more fasting specifically speaking. Like, doing one particular thing mm-hmm. to fast is not generally obligated to everyone. 
So, like, we all know um, about, like, for instance, the Roman Catholics maintained a fast well into the 1960s, although that's a long time ago now. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's <laughs> a long time ago. 60 years ago. 60 years. 60 years ago since Vatican II, right. since they dispensed with the obligatory fast in this country anywhere where mm -hmm. they would eat not eat meat on Fridays during mm -hmm. Lent. And in fact, before that, it was they wouldn't eat meat on Fridays at all through uh -huh. the year. And then, like, you'd have a sort of more extreme fast, right? Um, I'd like to take this moment in case my friend slash coworker is listening. Yeah. That he messes up Friday lunch for us every, every single why Lent. Why? Does he have, like, brisket because, or something? No, he wants to not eat meat. Oh. I'm like, this is the thing you choose to follow in your Catholicism? Yeah. That you just won't eat the meat? Come on, man. It's a good one, though. No, it stinks for yeah. me. This is about me, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> But actually, so like that inconvenience, that's part of it. That's but not for it, me. <laughs> um, but it's not actually, actually just for Roman Catholics it's, either. I don't yeah. know how he does it. I'd be like, eh, it's pepperoni sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's probably easier to do all through the year if he's doing it all through the no, year. No, it's just Lent. Oh, it's just Lent? Let's not, not oh, okay. give him too much credit. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> it's six Fridays. You know? Actually, six so too many. the... the Tradition of not eating meat on Fridays mm -hmm. goes back before the Roman Catholic Church Protestant split. And so like for us Anglicans too, like that's a that's a tradition that we've had. Um, and of course, there have been people since that like individual congregations and dioceses and stuff like that that tried to maintain that as well mm -hmm. as sort of a communal way of fasting. But you'll notice that's a pretty light thing, right? Like yeah. not eating meat one day a week. Um, so you you see this in the way that the church and the and churches through history have when when they prescribe fasting for sort of everyone like mm -hmm. we're all going to do this together. It's not usually I don't even I don't think there are many times in the year even when there's a time when you don't eat at all. Um, there used to be what was called the fast before uh, uh, communion. Mm. So like the idea that you wouldn't eat for basically from dinner on Saturday night until you took communion the next day. Oh. Um, so that was one prescribed time where you weren't supposed to eat so anything. many wafers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, ready. Keep them coming. Yeah. Like, Matt, put again, your hands down. Again, nope. Get next person. <laughs> we need the next person in line, Matt. We need to wash now, this down uh, next. <laughs> just a couple more. Been up. You've been up here four times. <laughs> just get in the yeah. front and then walk to the back of that's the line, right. to the back of the yep. line, until there's no line. It's another way. <laughs> So, um, but you'll notice like, uh, uh, there's not a lot of prescriptive, like there's no law and never has been in Christianity that's been like, mm -hmm. okay, we're all going to fast for four days now. You know, we're going to eat nothing at all. Um, yeah. because, uh, fasting and other acts of discipline, uh, w the church has never wanted people to think that like, oh, we have to do this for our salvation. Or something like oh, that, you yeah. know, like we don't want to imagine that like we're going to do these hard things and it's those hard things. It's our mm -hmm. efforts that like save us. Church is always pretty, pretty good about like it's Jesus who saves us. Yeah. Like these kinds of practices that we have are very important, um, but they're, they're more personal. And it's mm -hmm. about like, uh, uh, you know, increasing your ability to, you know, act out of the love and the gifts that Christ has given us. Mm -hmm. Not not to produce those gifts you know christ yeah. does that himself god gives us these gifts um and so so fasting and other practices both positive and negative help us refine ourselves to like uh to live that life that he's he's called us to mm -hmm. and so you don't see like and there are some people in the church's history who fasted they were, they were like these great like champions of asceticism basically and that's mm -hmm. really cool but like no one has to be that you know um, even in the Eastern Orthodox Church, which has a very rigorous rule of fasting and feasting and all that stuff, mm -hmm. their fasting is more about like what you're eating, not that you're eating at all. Gotcha. So, like in the Eastern Orthodox Church, Great Lent, forty days before Easter, is a fast time, and it's the most extreme fast time. At Ridgemont they have. High, yeah, fast time <laughs> at Ridgemont High. Oh man, yep. That's Sorry, the, I could not. It's all in there. <laughs> um, so for those 40 days, though, it's not like they're not eating. They're eat, They're basically, they can't eat oil, eggs, 
meat or fish. So they're basically it's vegans meat or for 40 days, right? Wow. Okay. And so, yeah. And like, and, and that's like, if you're healthy, if you're an adult, like there's exceptions or, mm. you know, like if you just can't handle it, you got to break your fast. So be it. Thank it's you. not like, Thank oh my gosh, Lent <laughs> didn't work because didn't like work. we didn't all fast. Reboot Lent. <laughs> yeah. So that's an important thing to see about Christian fasting is like, it really is, um, it, it really is, uh, um, it's not an, I wouldn't say an optional practice. We all have to fast in some ways, like give, give things up. Uh, you know, when, when uh, a disciple comes and asks Jesus, what do I have to do? How do we actually follow you, Jesus? And mm-hmm. he says, you know, pray, fast, and give alms. Mm. It's one of the three sort of central Christian practices, praying, fasting, and giving alms. Right. And so giving alms isn't all just about like giving specific money to the poor. It's about giving of yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, fasting similarly isn't all just about like oh I'm not going to eat today or whatever um, or I'm going to not eat meat on Fridays uh, it's about giving things up self abnegation um, finding something you like and this is a, a like something... giving things up for Lent exactly gotcha yeah that's right mm-hmm. and so that's a very common thing people mm-hmm. will be like what do I want to give up for Lent TV that's a t- mm-hmm. you're on a TV fast chocolate you're on a chocolate fast whatever it is mm-hmm. so, yeah. I give up reading scientific journals yeah yeah, it's tough. It is. Real, I'm real sure tough. that it is. <laughs> and see, it's on your conscience whether to you know like totally lie to a priest in a cassock who's sitting right in front of you with a totally unrealistic fast, or whether you want to be a good person. I choose so, to see you as a Harry Potter character instead. <laughs> <laughs> It's like how when they say you take a lie detector test, and as long as you're convinced that you're what you're saying is the truth, you don't get in trouble. That's, That's right. what I'm doing with you. Yeah, you're not a priest right now. It's working. You're just someone <laughs> at Hogwarts. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I am fine with that. Actually, like that is great. Oh man, Hogwarts! If only I had a I had a buddy and uh, I worked with at the bookstore I worked at in college, and he was Seventh Day Adventist, mm-hmm. and he would bring his lunch. And he opened it up and he's like, yeah, we don't, we don't eat meat on, I don't know if it was on Fridays or whatever it was for mm-hmm. them, but he opened it up and it was fish in there. And I was like, bro, it's <laughs> like Sheedy. fish is meat. He's like, yeah. nope, fish isn't meat. Yeah. And I was like, it's definitely meat. Yeah. He's like, no, it's fish. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I was like, it's the flesh of an animal. It's meat. And he's like, no, but it's fish. I was like, okay. Yeah, you win. <laughs> Actually, there are a lot. I can't of, argue this. I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of Seventh Day Adventists who are f- totally vegetarian. That's yeah. like a common, common thing in in that uh, tradition. It's not again. It's not mandatory, right? But like, it's a, an encouraged thing. Um, but yep. but that that tradition of fish not being considered meat uh, goes back to the Middle Ages too. When really the Western Church, everyone was fasting. Um, and let well, I'll let's start talking about like what. What it is. What is yeah, the actual we thing? We probably should, huh? We put a lot of like, <laughs> this isn't what fasting isn't. <laughs> but we'll talk about what it is. But like, so uh, in in the, there's always been some sort of fasting rules, you know, fasting practices mm. that were common in the church at any given time. Right. And like in the Middle Ages, uh, a lot of people, like I said, would fast on uh, Fridays from meat and eat sort of smaller meal, no meat. In, there were these areas, though, in the Netherlands um, and uh, and in England and Scotland, too. And those are all, like, uh, coastal countries, you know? Mm-hmm. England and Scotland are island countries. So, like, I fish, love Scotland. I love pretty Scotch. Important. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, pretty important thing. Mm-hmm. So, the churches in those areas, and again, the church was all unified, but... The basic unit of a ch- of church is a diocese. Right. Um, so the diocese in those areas, the bishops would say would allow uh, uh, fish on days when meat was was uh, was forbidden or whatever was you're not, you weren't supposed to eat meat for the fast that day. Mm-hmm. So um, in order to like make sure they didn't tank their own economies, essentially, so that people could still you know mm-hmm. eat the the fishermen had a job to do and during Lent often during those times you wouldn't eat meat at all Mm -hmm. right and so like that'd be 40 days of no sales for the fishermen it's like no so like well fish is okay fish is okay okay. so like that's where that comes from is like fish is I love seafood it'd be alright I know we're all good with that 
Um, but yeah, so you can see like fasting, it can be very, you have to sort of, what I've learned is you have to kind of make it, um, make it work for you both individually and as a community. Mm. And that's what you've seen Christians do all through the, through the ages, like different communities of monks who would usually be much stricter in their fasting. Mm -hmm. If they were in different areas, they'd have different rules, you know, like what you could and couldn't do and what you couldn't, couldn't eat, how long they would last because they weren't crazy about it. Again, they wanted it to be healthful, not just for their body or not just for their souls, but also for their their bodies because mm. we're not Gnostics with their silent G's and like silent body G's. hatred. Mm. Yeah, we're 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 all for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. So yeah. So <laughs> so here's why I've gotten into fasting and why kind of why we're having this um, yeah. podcast today. We because we talked about it after our podcast last last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started fasting again i practiced fasting myself mm-hmm. years back and i'd done some longer fasts mm-hmm. like some seven day water fasts and, and stuff like that which is getting into the point by the way just fyi like if you're planning on doing any kind of extended fasting past three days or so uh, you should talk to your doctor beforehand because I've, as i've learned like there are all sorts of things like you want to make sure you're healthy and stuff like that also People with like eating disorders should not fast because it can trigger, you know, things where it's like you're starving yourself and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, there, there are lots of reasons why not everyone should fast um, like in the history food? of the church. Yeah. What's that? Like you love food? Well, that is actually a reason to fast. Hey. Yep. Yep. I know. <laughs> if I fast, it's against my will. <laughs> that's right. Well, it also should always be by your will. Oh, like that's man. the whole thing. I'm real bad is at you're this. you're taking the thing you love, the thing you want, yeah. and your will, and you're purposely putting them across wow. hairs. So that you can build up your will and decrease the power of like just your sort of passion, your your bodily desire. Um, hmm. So you can have more rational control over yourself. So um, so this is what I'm doing. Um, I going back to the early church again. It was very traditional for Jews, for people in the Jewish community at the time of Jesus, to fast on Tuesdays and Thursdays, mm-hmm. uh, and most. Again, most religious practices have regular fasting days just through the week, like just Mm -hmm. a a regular time where you're fasting. And that doesn't always mean no food at all. It can mean smaller meals, no abstaining from meat, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, When Christians uh, came along, and again, remembering most of the early Christians were Jewish, especially the leaders, Peter and Paul and like other apostles and all that kind of stuff, all Jewish. So they're following these practices as Christianity and most of the uh, uh, original converts were all Jewish as Christianity kind of became seen as different. Um, Christians in different places wanted to distinguish themselves. They still wanted to practice this fasting twice a week, uh, as was sort of their custom, uh, uh, handed, handed on from, from their Jewish traditions. Mm. Um, but they wanted to change it up, uh, especially as a community of Christians were kicked out of synagogues. Mm. Right. Um, and had to sort of, figure out their communities on, on their own. And so they picked Wednesdays and Fridays to one to distinguish themselves a little bit, but also because Wednesday traditionally was the day that Jesus was betrayed uh, by Judas. Mm. And then uh, Fridays, of course, was the day that uh, Jesus was crucified. Mm-hmm. And so you see this in the whole liturgical calendar, right? And in, in like through the, uh, when you go through a week, in any time of the year in the Christian calendar, it's sort of like a mini Easter week or a mini Holy week. Okay. So their idea was like every Wednesday is like a little, uh, Holy Wednesday when Jesus is betrayed or sometimes it's called spy Wednesday because that's when Judas decides to betray Jesus. Uh. And then every Friday is a little good Friday and every Sunday. And as we all know from coming to church is a feast of the resurrection. It's always about Jesus, right? It's never about anything else in the Bible. It's always mm-hmm. Jesus day because it's Sunday. And so every Sunday is a little Easter, Okay, is a little Easter. So, um, and so basically that's where the tradition of Christian fasting came from. As you start to get these penitential periods, like you have Lent, a, a time of preparation and penitence before 
Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't develop until a little later. It's like, oh, this is a good time to do some extra fasting. Mm-hmm. And then you started to see, you saw the season of Easter. Actually, this is pretty even earlier than Lent came around. You see that the season of Easter lasts from the day of Easter all the way to Pentecost. 50 days. That's a while. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> and so you see a little extra fasting in Lent. But, and this is the rule that still exists in the church, there's no fasting allowed in Easter at all because it's all Easter. Easter. That's right. And like (laughs) even in Lent, like when you give things up, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the Western church, Lent, Ash Wednesday to to Easter, uh, Easter actually lasts 46 days, not 40, Hmm. which is weird because we're like 40 days of Lent, right? Yeah. But it's not. It's 46 because there are six Sundays in Easter. And Sundays, because they're feasts of the resurrection, are are little Easter's, and so there's no fasting. No, that's not part of Lent, uh, right? So it adds the days back on. That's right. Ah, that's right. So I see exactly. <laughs> that's right. So, um, so, so you, if you give something up in Lent, and I've done this a couple of times, where it's like I gave up TV in Lent or whatever, but on Sundays. I could watch TV because it's not Lent. Yes. It's a fasting dispense. <laughs> and you might so you think watch like 12 hours of isn't TV. Isn't that, that cheating? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Isn't that cheating? Um, and I don't think so. Like when I've given up caffeine during Lent, yeah. I don't do that on Sundays because like yeah. then you get headaches the next day again, yes. you know, all that stuff. So, but, um, but I really think that part of why we fast mm-hmm. as Christians it's not so much just the self-denial, just the experience of not eating and like, oh, this is hard. And so you like, <laughs> get stronger. Right. It's that experience of when you feast, right? In Christianity, fasting and feasting go together. They're a pair mm-hmm. in the same way that Lent and Easter go together. Good Friday and, uh, and, and Easter Sunday go together. And so it's that transition feeling. It's like basically when you're really hungry, whether you're fasting or you're just really hungry, whatever, <laughs> that next meal you eat is going to taste amazing, yes, right? Yes, that's true. Yes, exactly. It's easy enough to get bored with like Whataburger if you're just eating it every day. But if you give it up. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Oh, maybe not bored. <laughs> but it's like you're just expecting it. Um, Whataburger, by the way, is the best fast food in the world. It's native to Texas as well. Yes. Um, Shout but, out, sponsor. Yeah, you give it up. You're really hungry. You've been driving cross country for eight hours and like you didn't want to stop because like your kid's asleep in the back or whatever. You pull into a Whataburger and you take that first bite and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever, right? And that is the exact experience that fasting gives you. It's like, it's not just about the self-denial. It's also about you're so grateful, and so, you remember how amazing it is that you have food and it tastes good. And like, so it makes, it doesn't, it's not just like about uh, uh, doing bad things to yourself. It also makes the good things that you sort of forget about. It makes you remember them and uh, be grateful for them. And it makes them stick out even more. It makes them taste better in the case of food and, and be better. In the case I of feel things. like maybe I need to try this because I'm so easily influenced by the thought of food that like you just saying, taking the big bite of that burger <laughs> makes me feel like I, I haven't had it in so long when I had yeah. it like two nights ago. I know but, everyone, <laughs> but now I'm like, Ooh I man, to. I kind of need that now. <laughs> um, but I'm the one who watches the TV and a commercial comes on for like yeah. pizza. And I'm like, yep. Getting that now. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the way they make the cheese stretch so perfectly in commercials. Yeah. Mm. And that's just rubber. It's not real. I need it though. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually that's a big, that is more the danger that fasting and other things Mm -hmm. are trying to address for us. They're trying to help us get overcome. Mm -hmm. It's not food. It's not about like, oh, like I need to lose weight or, oh, you know, like I need to eat more healthily. Although fasting does help, can help with those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you have to do it in a way that's healthy. Right. Uh, But really it's more about the spiritual things. Mm -hmm. It's like God doesn't want us to be so influenced that like we see a picture of something that an advertiser took the time to study, you know, psychology and everything like that to like lure us into whatever it was they want us to do, uh, go to Whataburger, go to pizza, whatever it is. Not to, again, not that those things are bad, yeah. but like it's bad when we don't have control over ourselves. And like, 
that's what what the practices of the church and what the Lord really wants mm-hmm. from us um, is to be able to have some measure of self-control so that when we who are choosing the life of Christ do that, we actually have the capability to go out and live that life, mm-hmm. you know? And again, God knows we're all sinners and we're all broken and no one does that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And we always get fooled here and there. Mm-hmm. But like he has given us these practices uh, that help us to increase our capacity mm-hmm. to really live the live the Christian life. So hmm. it's kind of a cool thing. So it does, ideally, fasting um, gives you some measure of being like, oh, that's a, that's a commercial. Like, I don't need to respond to that immediately. <sighs> but I want to. <laughs> I'm going to, but because I want to, not because of that commercial. You know? That sounds so. accurate. That's right. <laughs> Interesting. I think, uh, I think I need some Whataburger now. So yeah, everyone who's listening to this <laughs> is now like, Oh, this is a great podcast. And they're eating Whataburger. Oh, my they gosh. all, even the ones not from Texas drove to Texas. <laughs> I'm sure they had to. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so, so we kind of hit this a little bit. What is the history? When did it, when did we people start fasting? Yeah. I'm, I mean, like, it predates Christianity. Yeah. It just, our tradition of fasting comes from the Jewish tradition of fasting. Yeah. I mean, Old Testament, there's lots yeah. of fasting. That's what we talked about mm-hmm. last uh, right. last time with uh, David mm-hmm. fasting. And what was he fasting for? And this is another reason mm-hmm. why we fast as a practice. He fasted because uh, he wanted his child who was, uh, to, to survive. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, um, the sackcloths and stuff. That's right. Yeah. And fat, so he put on sackcloth mm-hmm. and like fasted. So fasting has been a traditional um, uh, practice of mourning. Mm-hmm. So like for me right now, I've been, like I told you before, I've been fasting sort of every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've been doing for health reasons, but also these spiritual reasons. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a second because I used to be the reason why I hadn't, haven't tried practices of like actual, like not eating fasting for a long time was because I, w- I didn't want to mix the bodily health and the spiritual health stuff. And then I didn't know how to do that. And I felt like if I was getting any health benefits from fasting, then it's not pure sort of spirituality but then i realized yeah that's gnosticism right there gnosticism <laughs> none of that um but nice. so so i've i've been i've been addressing you know like a medical issue with some 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 healthful fasting but i've realized like uh, that really goes along with the spirituality part of it and in these last days since my grandma's funeral which i mentioned i've really found like a good connection with my morning mm. about it so fasting has been uh, associated with mourning. Um, and that was in that uh, uh, example um, mm-hmm. of David back in the day. That was what was weird about it, if you all remember from last uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, because he was fasting before he died. And, and then he got up and like just ate and drank normally after he died. Whereas usually people would do the opposite. But, mm-hmm. um, but that starts to get to like this new way that God is showing us how to fast. So fasting is associated with death and mourning. That's why Christians fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays, mm-hmm. right? Because it was associated with the death of Jesus. Right. Um, when Jesus is walking around and like um, uh, uh, healing people, doing his ministry, mm-hmm. the Pharisees are like, hey, how come none of your followers fast, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays like everyone else? Yeah. And he's like, you don't fast um, at a party when the bridegroom's with you, you know, like... They'll fast after. I've always said that. Exactly. That, we all know that <laughs> phrase. Who fasts at a party with a bridegroom present? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had a party with the bridegroom. Exactly. <laughs> There's no fasting, as we all know. It's common sense. <clears throat> Duh. But it was. It was common sense in those days. And so, um, and he was like, soon I'll be gone. I'll be dead. And they will fast. Yeah. You know? Well. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> right again, Jesus. Um, so Jeez. it's 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 associated with that. But then you see it, it gets associated because Jesus' death mm-hmm. and sacrifice was seen as an, is, is, is an offering um, mm-hmm. to God, right? One that we all participate in. 
um, by being baptized into his body and taking part in communion and stuff like that. We get swept up into that sacrifice. It's not just uh, the, the practice of fasting as mourning um, gets transformed into also being um, an offering, right? And part of our prayer. Mm-hmm. So you start to see that. You saw that in David. That's a sort of prefiguring of Jesus where he's fasting before and he's fasting as if he's dead, as if his child is dead, hoping that his child won't be dead, which mm-hmm. again is prefiguring too. Jesus will die, but then he won't <laughs> uh, be dead. You know, man. Right? Oh man, it's uh, it's all it's in nuts. There. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> but so you see, in Christianity, the the practice also gets associated with with prayer. So like when Jesus gives those three practices of Christianity: prayer, fasting, giving alms. Um, they're they're all lumped in together and you see from the very beginning the earliest christians talk about fasting and almsgiving as the wings of prayer so the idea is like like god hears our prayers when we when we're fasting and giving alms as well as just speaking it's kind of like we're putting our money where our mouth is you know Mm -hmm. like we really are um uh uh, we really want this thing Mm -hmm. you know we we're really committed to our prayer and our primary prayer, which Jesus continues and, and tells that disciple who asked about the praying, fasting, giving alms, is the Our Father. Um, and so in that prayer is a prayer for doing God's will, for God's will to be done, for our forgiveness and for that we can forgive others, that we can be saved from the time of trial, all that stuff. And so praying, fasting, and giving alms all sort of go together to focus us um, on, on doing God's will, basically. Nice. Yeah. So important question. Yeah. Does it cancel out your entire fasting if the day you stop fasting, you eat like Goliath? <laughs> if you eat until yeah. it's just coming out of your ears, does it just cancel everything out? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yes and no. Like I'll if you say. if you stop smoking and then you start again and you smoke like 17 cartons right, in a day. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I would say like kind of. Um, so, not – so so on, on – on, in one way of looking at it, that's kind of what's expected. Like for a spiritual mm-hmm. fast, like if you fast, some people will fast from um, basically from Good Friday until Easter. Although not Easter Sunday morning, they'd usually have an Easter vigil Saturday night, mm-hmm. which we do in our church uh, mm-hmm. as well. Although we haven't got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> this, no kidding. <laughs> this last two years, but we will. Yeah, we will one we day. Will. That will. vigil's coming, and that vigil—the purpose the of that vigil—sigma variant or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's right. After that, <laughs> we'll have an Easter vigil, and the Easter vigil takes you from Lent into Easter. It mm-hmm. sort of straddles both. Okay. And so afterwards, usually people have a big feast. You know, mm-hmm. like at seminary where we did the Easter vigil really well. I, I thought it was great. It was a uh, super fun. And then afterward, after the vigil itself. We, we went and there'd be, we had like chocolate fountains and like oh. some uh, champagne and stuff like this. It's a big party because it's Easter. It's the best day Side of note, the year. Yes. Chocolate fountains are very uh, triggering for me because when me and Sable got married, the only request mm. I had, and I know she's listening yes. to this and I bring it up Uh-oh. as often as I can. <laughs> the only oh, request I had at our wedding reception was for a chocolate fountain. I didn't get it. I'm so sorry. I got sorry. no chocolate I'm so fountain. sorry. I would have taken a cheese fountain. Yeah. Did you go all Groomzilla and like I did. I, everything I, I flipped tables. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like Jesus in the temple. Just <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, we're basically the same person at that point as well. Yeah. We can. That's what we're getting from this. <laughs> no chocolate fountain. So Sable, now well, this incident will live forever in this podcast. If it makes you feel any better, and like. Sable, like you can count on this too. Alex and I actually bought a chocolate fountain. What? For, I think an Easter party or something like that. So when we do have an Easter vigil, (gasps) I promise you, (laughs) in my cassock, I promise you (laughs) that we will have a chocolate fountain. I've never loved a man in a cassock more than this moment. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. We should do that. That'd be fun to do something like that at church, though. Even if it doesn't happen, like actually on Easter, Easter, because yeah. you know everyone does their thing. Yeah, it'd be fun yeah. to do something like that around here. Absolutely. Well, I kind of think, yeah, yeah, I think so too.
<laughs> I think I think um, a good because once we do an Easter vigil, yeah. Easter vigil post Easter vigil parties are perfect because it's like it's like nine in the evening or whatever. It's nice. not too late, but it's not too early. Yeah, and it's like you can have a nice party on Easter Day. Everyone does family stuff, right? Yeah, but like I think the next the second Sunday of Easter is the ideal day for like a parish real big celebration parish party. Yeah, I like because, it because. Um, you're not doing family stuff and it mm-hmm. helps people remember Easter isn't just one day. It's the whole yeah, thing. There's like 50 yeah. of them. That's right. Actually, every <laughs> single day of the first eight days of Easter is a feast um, Man. In, in the church. It's like you're supposed to be feasting on for it. eight days. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We got to put it on the calendar. Yep. Get on the schedule there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why don't we like set up like some groups where it's like Ooh. every every couple does one of them, and and you go to that. There's like a family, actual like, and you go to that family's house. Yeah, and you just eat forever. That's a really good idea. Man. That's a really good idea. Boom. Mm-hmm. You yep. see, I mean, not quite as Easter. good as selling the stuff to the back whippers, but yeah, it's a close to that good it's of an good. idea. It is good. <laughs> it's true. Seriously. Christians, all you Christians out there listening, we need to do a better job of celebrating Easter. That's true. It is awesome. It's the best freaking day of the year, mm-hmm. and it's 50 days. 50 days. And you get, you know, like, you're celebrating the same thing for 50 days. <laughs> you get these eight days of feast. There's so much opportunity there. Yeah. And, like, uh, and you know, Christmas gets all the press, yeah. and it's great, but it's number two. Easter, number one all the way. Easter, Easter's yeah. nice because my birthday is just a few days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so is Sables. Our birthdays are yeah. right next to each other. Yeah. And so it's like, there's, there's a lot else going on. Yeah. It's still fun. It's fun things that are going on, but it's still like yeah. more than just that day. Easter is just like, boom, this is Easter. Yes. That's it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, by the time we get done with Easter in this country, we need people being like, Oh man, I'm born next to Easter. Like now I'm only, yeah. now I'm going to get double presents. Like or like one set of presents for both. Or we found our new purpose. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna That's bring back goal. Easter. That's our goal. Bringing <laughs> Easter back. <laughs> I'm bringing Easter back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All you heathens don't know how to act. Yes. I'm raising the roof right now. <laughs> he was. There's like a, a, a cassock man raising yeah. the roof. <laughs> cassock. Yeah. Are you cassock bound? Oh, fully cassock. <laughs> So these things, these go by too fast. We're almost at an hour already. Okay, Is there yeah. so we'll, anything that you we'll specifically yeah, want yeah. to so, say about this? So yeah, so I guess um, fasting. Let's see. What have I learned? What have you learned, Father Eric? So I've been, I've been doing some... So I, on my vacation, I did a little three-day fast just to te- put my toe in the waters. Mm-hmm. That's a big toe in the water. Like, that's like a whole foot, at least, in the water. I, yeah, I that's mean, like, days. it's... That's a while. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's that's like while. waist deep in the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but just to be yeah. like, is this safe? Am I going to mm-hmm. like pass out or whatever? You know, all that stuff. It's been several years since I've done it. Um, and I've done a lot of research in the meantime, both on the health side and on the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And, and really, um, I guess so what I've learned so far from fasting is one, it is a weird practice in sort of the contemporary American world today. It's not something that is commonly thought of, even in traditions like ours, Christianity, even if you're like Roman Catholic or Orthodox, it's not something that's often or, um, emphasized. And it's not something that really goes with the grain of like our society, our culture, stuff like that. Our culture is much more like, yeah, like go get the thing you want, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but fasting on a spiritual level, I think really helps to, um, to, to give you some self-control in a world where every, because that's the culture we live in, everything all the time is trying to get you to go after it. Instant gratification all the time. That's right. Mm -hmm. And, and not just instant gratification, but like the manufacturing of desires, you know, like we have an industry in our country now that has been around for about a hundred years and I spent a hundred years studying not how to meet people's needs, but how to create needs oh, and create yeah. desires in people. Yeah, mm-hmm. the advertising industry. Yeah. That's what they do. Like if they can find a way to create a need, mm-hmm. oh man, 
that's awesome because no one's meeting that need yet. That's true. And they can create a, there, there's less competition. Hmm. So, um, so like it's, I think again, like it, th- that's all well and good. Like industries can do what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, that's, it's not a new thing that people have tried to tempt people to do things for their own benefit. <laughs> you know, like that is a forever thing. Yes. And uh, Christians have been forearmed with certain practices. Like today we're talking about fasting mm-hmm. in order to help us um, not say no to all the good things in the world, but to put them in their proper place and to have control over ourselves as we navigate a world mm-hmm. full of temptations, you know, like, um, again, you know, ice cream is great, but like who, if, if the ice cream company or ice cream advertising agency is in charge of how much you eat it, mm-hmm. like you're going to eat more than you should, yeah, you know, like, true. uh, and so like having control over, over, uh, uh, how you act, what you eat, what desires you meet and on what terms is, is really important. And fasting is a way to do that. Um, so, I would say, uh, you know, like one, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, fasting sounds terrible. I will never do it. Um, like one, that's okay. But Thank reconsider, you. like look up some of the spiritual. I feel like you're talking to me. Of fasting. <laughs> if, if, let's say someone is in San Antonio sitting across the table from me wearing a black button down shirt. Like, let's just say you're this person hypothetically hypothetically (laughs) but i would say like think about fasting not just as like being some sort of monastic ascetic out in the desert Mm -hmm. but like um finding various things in lent especially is a great time to start but like through the year where it's like here's something i can give up Mm -hmm. it's not that this thing is bad but like maybe i overuse it a little bit like don't be afraid to say you know what I'm going to pray about this. I think this is something I'd like to control my relationship with a little more mm-hmm. rationally. I'm going to give this up for a while. And that, nice. boom, you're doing it. You're doing fasting. And whenever you feel that thing, it's like, oh, it's hard. That is the time right there where you have the opportunity to pray to God and find the way he sustains you through difficult things. Mm-hmm. It's like this really, really cool thing. So my one advice to people who are like, oh, fasting sounds terrible is that my one advice if you're listening to this and you're like oh hey i'm gonna stop eating for 40 days and 40 nights just like jesus in the desert slow down yeah if you're hearing this and you're like oh my gosh i need to do this you're a little too into this idea (laughs) let me say like if you're going to fast where you actually totally abstain from eating um there are definite things you want to check with your doctor to make sure you're healthy first Mm -hmm. um if you're going to fast just on water for an extended period of time, uh, you especially need to get your electrolyte and sodium levels checked mm-hmm. because they can lead to imbalances that really lead to, um, uh, especially when you start eating again, um, can lead to like a, a refeeding sicknesses called like some of those sicknesses that people like who were forcibly starved, like in yeah. Japanese internment camps and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and it can be a big health issue if you're fasting for a very long time. So like, again, if you want to do a day or something like that, or just say like all that stuff, like that's generally okay. But anything longer than really like a day or two, you should check with your doctor and like, and if you, on the one hand, if your temptation is like food and all that kind of stuff all the time, like this is a good way to build your willpower. But there are people, um, with, uh, eating disorders whose temptation is to starve themselves and to like have uh, associate these kinds of practices with deep body image issues. Mm. And like that is not a good way to come into fasting. Right. For Christians, everything we do is for the glory of God. So, so, um, so those are my twin sort of um, advices, I guess, for people. And if you're somewhere in the middle, like uh, pray about it a little bit. It is a weird practice even for a lot of christians today even for those of us in traditions like like our episcopalian church where fasting has been a a big part of it for a long time Mm -hmm. um it's still not that common to hear or talk about today so um so i I would just encourage people like give it a little google uh look into my brain through (laughs) um and and see if there's a practice um even if it's just something you do during lent or maybe even during advent in the preparation period before christmas um, it is very spiritually beneficial 
um, to give, to be giving something up, to be doing something mm-hmm. on purpose, uh, not or not doing something on purpose that you don't have to do for the glory of God. And it does, it helps focus us on prayer and focus us on a relationship with Jesus. So, or, or just whip yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring it all back. Get yourself a cat on nine lives. And cat just nine lives. <laughs> now I messed you up yeah. on that. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I, I, anything else you got on this or should we, no, should we wrap it up? I think that's it. Like again, mm. any other weird practices, uh, like we got this idea cause I happened to be doing it. Yeah. So like, if you come up with some weird practice that is legitimately a Christian practice <laughs> that you want to know about, yeah. uh, send it to us and maybe I'll do it. I'll just yeah. try it out. Like again, a lot of my reflections on this came from me, not from my Google research, but just from actually doing it and thinking about it a little bit. So Heck yeah. send us whatever you want yeah. and like, um, we'll do an episode on it after the likeness at gmail.com send us those send us questions send us comments whatever you want like us on facebook oh yeah and make sure to uh to subscribe and review and rate and all that fun stuff so definitely uh, more people can hear this thing and we're not just sitting here talking to each other and then it hits it all after that that's right (laughs) luckily we like talking to each other i think it's a good thing yeah this this would not work without that no like it's actually kind of messing up our friendship because now I feel like I can't talk to him unless the mic is on. <laughs> right. It's like, we got to get this. But you know what? Honestly, if let's say like last time we had technical difficulties, if we found out none of this was recorded, I'd be happy. Yeah. It'd same be, here. It'd yeah. be a good Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good way to spend some time. Exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate yeah. you guys so much. You're tuning in or you don't tune in, I guess, but you know, tune listening. On. Yeah. <laughs> Turning on and continuing to listen. <laughs> But yeah, we appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Yep. I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After After the the Likeness. Likeness. See you later, guys.